Hello and welcome to the SRF podcast. I'm Ollie and I'm Ben. If you're watching on YouTube, please remember to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and let us know in the comments what guest you'd like to see on the podcast next. Or if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five star review. It really does help us out. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the SRF podcast with me, Ollie Ballinger. Uh, and me, co host Ben Williamson. Ben, how are you, mate? Uh, shattered, mate. I like need a little break, I think, but I'm good. You? Yeah, not too bad. The uh, the weather's looking a little bit grim. Uh, more importantly, though, Roger Vaughan, how are you, sir? Very well, thank you, gents. Very well. Thank you, thank you for Good. inviting me on. Hey, no problem. Love to have you here. Thanks for coming. Good, thank you. Roger, tell it, tell our guests a little bit about uh, who you are and your background because I think you've um, you've got a little experience in the game. <laughs> yeah, th- thanks, Ollie. Yeah, so. Um... Uh, Roger Vaughan, as, as you know, I am uh, the CEO in Dorset now, where I've been for three months. Prior to that, uh, I worked at Gloucestershire FA as uh, Referee Development Officer and Inclusion Lead for six years. And before that, I worked at the FA as a National Manager um, and as a Regional Manager before that. And I was at the FA for a period of 14 years, believe it or not. So I've uh, been lucky enough to work in the game for... Um, over 20 years now, uh, but but outside of that, I've been involved in refereeing for over 30 years. Started um, in North Somerset as a referee locally. Was lucky enough to progress through to uh, be an assistant on the football league and as a level two A referee on the conference for four years as well. So um, and now I'm observing at that level where I've been for the last 13 years as a as a match observer for the PGMO. Um, and outside of that, very much involved in referee development um, as, a, as a referee developer for the FA, um, as a referee developer trainer, nice short title that they've come up <laughs> with there, um, and there are various other roles in mentoring and coaching refereeing. So uh, refereeing certainly been, my, um, been my, my main role within the game, but now, as I say, as CEO, seeing a much broader aspect in Dorset, which I'm thoroughly enjoying, I have to say. So, so what I've heard, Raj, is... Anything and everything you know about refereeing it is gold dust, and anything else is not worth knowing about, right? <laughs> not at all, Ben. Not at all. Um, I, think, I, yeah, I think um, when when you've spent a long time in a in a particular aspect of the game, i.e., refereeing, um, there is a danger that that's obviously going to cloud your your outlook going mm. forward. But I'd like to think. You know, my, my sort of knowledge, I, I am a, a level two coach as well, which I did many moons ago. So I've, I've coached locally, mainly with my kids' teams. Uh, so I've seen that, that side of the fence. Um, and I'd like to think, you know, with my involvement in the game, that I, that I have a, a broadish view of it. I can see other yeah. people's viewpoints. Um, and actually now, obviously, as CEO, you have to. So I've learned a lot about the, the workings of facilities and... Uh, and football development a lot more now in the in the last um, few months than, than than prior to that. But certainly, again, my involvement in the team at Gloucestershire gave me that opportunity as well. So, yeah, I've got a, a broad outlook, but obviously always a, a referee bias. Yeah, you never lose that. Bit. Yeah, 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 I love yeah. that. Yeah. And we'll touch on um, your, your new role a little later on. But firstly, like, I want to go back to the very beginning journey. Now, why did you start ref- when? What year did you start refereeing? If you can remember it, and you don't oh, mind yeah, sharing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was way, way and why? in the last century, uh, nineteen eighty nine. I first started refereeing. Believe it or not, um, 
And I wasn't alive. <laughs> no, I wasn't alive either. <laughs> yeah, I, I was minus two. <laughs> oh, <it's, laughs> yeah, all right, you're making me feel really old now, guys. Thanks. Um, yeah. No, my my my, sort of, my involvement was very much um, sort of linked to the fact my, my dad was a referee, um, only very much at local level, but he was involved with the RA and he was also involved in, in instructing as it was in the days, not tutoring um in in somerset um and he twisted my arm at that time to say oh yeah come why don't you come on the refs course roger you know and i said oh yeah so i sort of as you do you try and uh, keep your dad on on side don't you so i said yeah okay i'll go along to it never with any intention of doing any more than attending the course having something on the cv and and going on from there so that's what i did um first what was the um what was the referee course like back then what did you, well, yeah, i'm was, assuming it's very different to what it, it was, is now it was i mean western ra uh used so this was a time again where where the ras were very influential in in uh, referee instructing at the time um so it was it was through the ras that courses tended to be run so the counties were um they, they would sort of oversee it, but they were very much uh, reliant on the RAs to go ahead and deliver that. So what would happen is right. um, the counties would nominate people to go on what was the national instructors course there, which was something that was run um, in Lincoln at the time at a college called the, the wonderful title Bishop Grosset College in Lincoln was where they used to oh, run the yeah. course. Yeah, they've got which, a university now. We work with them. Oh right, do you? Right, well, there you go. So you know <laughs> of them then. So, but but again, it was a it was a decent venue, but it, we used to run it um, during the school holidays. So again, it was if you went on the course. I mean, when I first went on it, sort of uh, late nineties. It was taking. I mean, worked for AXA then, and it was taking time off work to go up there. So that was that was the way it worked. But, but um, yeah. So it's a, the course. Going back to your original question, Ben was very much theory. It was delivered over a number of weeks, normally in a in a, a club or a, a pub above a pub. I mean, the, the Western one used to be um, delivered above a pub in Western. Um, and it was all theory, 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 theory. Um, no practical involvement at all. Yeah, page two. Going through the laws, real verbatim. <laughs> so what what you ended up with was at the end of it to test your competence was um, you had a written paper and an oral paper. So the written paper yeah. you had to get, I can't remember what the percentage was seventy five percent used to get have to get on that I think and then the oral was was something similar. And the oral they used to have a, a series of examiners that would basically run through it with you. Um, and I'm, I remember what what you used to end up with there was was referees with a very good knowledge of law because you had to know law to get through your exam at the end of it. But yeah, yeah. when it came to practical application, mm. well, you never blew a whistle until your first game, you know, and, and you, you know, around positioning and movement, all the sort of things we, we take for granted that we cover on our on our on our courses now was never touched on so it was very much a sort of learning when you went out there hopefully having a bit of support when you did that but again mentoring was was quite sparse i think would be the fair way to describe it i mean mm -hmm. mentoring now is not great but you know i'll be the first to admit that but but i think it's a lot better now than it was at that time and it was very much a case of you used to get guys that were great in terms of their theory, they could sort of get 95% on the exam because they knew law and so that. You put them out on a field to actually start applying it and they were like fish out of water, really, really struggled. Do you think um, we might have gone slightly the other way now? 
which do we focus enough on law and not practical? And yeah, I think I think that, yeah, we probably have gone a little bit too far um, the other way. I think the, don't get me wrong, the practical element is absolutely key, but I do think there is a there is a reliance now. I think the pre the pre course modules are really good. Uh, mm. But I still think there there is still some some gaps in knowledge of law when people go out there, and that and that of course only comes to light unfortunately when they're out there and they're doing their first games. And I've certainly found that when I was RDO at, at Gloucestershire, and um, and I've I've had that sort of feedback from other RDOs as well, where there is there is some gaps gaps that that we would take for granted um, in terms of knowledge of law that. That people aren't doing. I mean, I'll give you give you an example. I mean, obviously, Simbins is something that is covered. There is that module to cover beforehand, and there is reference to it on the course. That, that but with the best word in the world, you're not covering it in the detail. Perhaps you need to. And we, you no. know, we've had referees applying the Simbin rationale to everything. You know, so every caution is a Simbin, and of course, we all know <laughs> that that's not right in law, and it causes a yeah. massive headache when. That then comes to light after a game. So, um, and he, yeah. I guess cut, like cup competitions and stuff as well that yeah. causes yeah. issues. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, people people looking looking for for replays because you know referees have been wrong in law. They've lost players. You know they've gone down to ten men. It's cost them the game. And actually, it was a free yeah. kick. And and it was. I a don't envy the youth that yeah. have to try and remember. Yeah. Yeah. Cautions didn't been yeah. not been yeah. been. He's added another one. I don't envy that there whatsoever. Is, there is a lot to think about, Ben. You're absolutely right. However, what I will say is, I mean, you look at the misconduct process now compared to when I started. You know, when you were cautioning players and you were having to write out caution reports and explain what had happened, right? Yeah. Send off reports and then send them in triplicate. I always remember doing a game. Um, I think it was a Western League game at Melksham. I mean, I had a. Um, not surprising for me at Melksham on the on, on the day. I had a few cautions, and I think I probably I had to send in triplicates, something like ten forms, and I had to, you know, it cost me a fortune in postage just to send it to to Wilts FA, you know, and it was just, and that was it. So now, when you look at where we are with um, with the whole game system, and obviously with Moas at the higher levels, and the ability to enter misconduct through that is just a godsend. So, in that respect, you know, I I do say you never you never know how lucky you are with that, but of course. That's just with technological developments anyway, looking yeah. at yourselves, what you're able to do. And, and I think that's, that's something that people take for granted now that they're going to have that. So, um, but again, that's, that's another avenue, you know, misconduct. We don't cover that in a great deal of detail because we can't. We send out stuff. Again, we're relying on them picking up the thread and actually being able to access whole game and do what we want yeah. them to do, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, lots of challenges. So, so I wouldn't, wouldn't disagree with your thoughts about maybe having a look at how we how we deal with some of that stuff and maybe still giving them a little bit more knowledge and not just focusing on the practical element, which is really important. But it's like anything, you can't referee practically unless you've got that knowledge base to start with, really. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's always a balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my um one of my favourite parts to um tutoring the courses is the section where you go right let's all understand how we blow a whistle yeah. you know and it smile on my face when people go no because it looks really easy to blow the whistle right you know when you watch the referees right you go yeah yeah this is comfortable and then the, the spectrum that you get you know from people being able to blow that whistle like 
it does put a smile on your face, and it's it does. And, and 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 again, you you think of that, Ollie, and think back to the day when we didn't do any of that until the first time they went out. Can you imagine what someone were like blowing that whistle to get the captains <laughs> in, and your captain's like, Did "Someone blow a whistle," you know? It's like, what's up to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's also the same with the flag. I don't know yeah. if you agree when you when you do the assistant referee bit on the referee's course, you give them the flag, and I always give everybody a minute, ninety seconds to like whip the flag around so they can hear all the noises it makes when you're smashing yeah, yeah. out because yeah, yeah. they love doing it and I'm like right is yeah, yeah. all out of your system can we actually do some real <laughs> throwing tickles and stuff now and they're whipping it around and like yeah, yeah, yeah. spinning them about yeah okay, great yeah. now we move on now can we do some real playing <laughs> you're right yeah you've had your plate now we want to get on yeah yeah no no you're right sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. but um I, I don't uh tutor football I focus on futsal, so we don't need to worry no, about that. No, no, no. Well, at least you know what I mean, Raj. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of um, speaking of different sports, um, we uh, we know each other, Roger, from a little a little way back, and I I probably owe you a um, a rather large thanks, to be honest, because you were the man who introduced um, me to the game futsal, tutoring the course back in uh, two thousand and seven in a. In a little room in the Olympiad in Chippenham, if memory serves. But that's a while back now, isn't it, Ollie? Crikey, yeah, yeah. Remember it well, mate. Remember it well, yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it was, it, it was, it was great. And again, you know, you look at, and, and I'm really pleased that you've gone on to, to where you are now. And I, I often think back to, to when I was dealing with with futsal um, at the FA. And it's quite funny because. I, I, I inherited small-sided football, which then obviously futsal took over, really, um, in, in time. And the small-sided committee, so I used to sit on that at the FA. And it was it all came about um, when um, a, a guy called Barry G, I don't know if you've ever come across Barry, but Barry was one of the, when we first came on board as regional managers, he was he was one of the, the, the um, he, he, he took over from, um, I'm trying to think of the guy who left in the northwest, but there was a little bit of a turnaround early doors. Barry came in, but then of course the team shrunk quite really. And Barry unfortunately left us really quickly. But when he left, we'd all got national bits to pick up on as well. And he had small sided football. So when he left, Ian sort of said, I think it might be John Baker actually said, Would you like to do small sided football? Went, oh yeah, yeah, fine crack it. So I I picked up that. So so I had my my national responsibility at that time was the incentive scheme, if you remember that. So I was sort of looking after that. And then I picked up this as well and the rest is history as they say. So I have to say I really enjoyed my involvement with, with Futsal Lolly. I always found it was a it was a struggle though to 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 give all the credit it deserved and the support it deserved, and it, and it's it's a credit to to the likes of yourself and Mark and Peter Nurse and people like that that you've all gone on to where you have. I mean, you look at what Mark's achieved in the game when you when you think about how the game wasn't really being massively supported by the FA. When you look at how the England team themselves were doing, and then. Mark all of a sudden referees the World Cup final, you know, and it's just, I mean, that in itself. I've sort of said to other people, Mark refereeing the World World Cup final is a bit like um, a referee from San Marino sort of going to do the World Cup final from a footballing context in that he's come from a country that is not great in futsal terms at all, as as England weren't, to go on and do the biggest game in the world, you know, which is brilliant, fantastic. That's great for him and his ability to to go on and do that, to be fair to him. So, yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, and it's a great analogy yeah, that, by yeah, the way, fantastic yeah. analogy. And you know, he's he's absolutely trailblazed the path for for new upcoming yes, football referees. Yes, he has. 
you know, and, yeah. and he's trailblazed that across Europe and across he the has, world. He know, has, so. and, and I think, and again, you know, it, it's, it's it, I really take my hat off to him to what he's achieved. And as I say, you know, the the announcement uh, the other week that that he's gone in to do a a role now as um, in in the FA as Lou's got a maternity leave. I think it's, it's a great opportunity for when he thoroughly deserves, which is great. I think um, I think it's almost every kind of coach's or tutor's dream, Roger, isn't it? That we, we turn up to a referee's course or we do some laws of the game or we mentor somebody in their first few games or whatever. And then several years later, um, we find out that they are at the pinnacle of their sport yes. um, in officiating yeah. terms. That, that, yeah. that must be a great, make, no, a great sense of pride for you, no? Def- definitely, Ben. And I think it was, you know, as, as I alluded to, um, it futsal at that time there, there was I think the best way to describe it, there, there were people supporting it nationally and there were a lot of enthusiasts as Ollie will know of that were, were, were really pushing the game and, and they were doing doing a great job but actually um, you know the, the, the amount of genuine support we were getting was was mixed to be fair and I think um, don't get me wrong the, the FA have obviously got a lot of um, a, a lot of things to support um, and a lot of key uh, areas of focus. And unfortunately, Futsal never never quite got to that top table. I mean, this obviously the the England team was supported and developed and 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 was starting to do well. And then of course that all changed as well. And, and here we are now, we um, a few years later, and, and and we're trying to to progress again. But it is it is a challenge. And I think the problem is. Um, it's always it's like it's like all the other formats of the game that the FA support. Um, there's there's only so much they can do. I mean, and you look at how the women's game has developed. I think that's fantastic. But again, people people forget um, you know how much time, effort, and resource has gone in to get the, yeah, the, yeah. the women's team to where they are. And you know, if you're going to do that with with foot, so it would need the same. It would need a lot of resource into to to get it up to where some of the top nations in the world are and we were always playing catch up i think it was it, it is interesting though and i know you guys are involved with with the premier league and what they do with the tournaments now but it but it, i yeah. think it does show a little bit of how the game is viewed when you look at premier league academies or obviously having these football tournaments and they see the benefit of the game to to their younger players and developing their technique and their ability and you, you know you look you look at um the top nations, the South American nations, and Spain, um, and and Italy, and, and and see how they've they've developed futsal and how it's supported their eleven side game as well. And I think there's still a lot to be said for that, Ollie, and I'm sure you see that yourself, mate. You know, through going. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like the game itself is tremendous for for a player growing up. You know, you only have to look at the likes of Ronaldo and Messi, and you go, wow, the ability and confidence they have dribbling the ball, but also refereeing futsal is also a fantastic tool you know because if 11 aside is your pathway and that's where you want to go but doing a three-year stint in futsal refereeing it'll do you tremendous um because you know the game's faster you've got different movements you know it's more akin to an assistant referee but there are things that you can transfer across and it will make you better yeah don't get me wrong, managing two different laws of the game is yeah, a little yeah. bit challenging. Oh, okay. I get I'm not clever enough. It's, it's, I'd yeah, end up starting yeah. doing some discounting stuff for a goal kick. I can't, I'd, yeah. I'd love to be able to do both. I am not yeah, clever enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's ironic, Ollie. I, I, I assessed um, 
Tom, oh, his name's gone out of my head. Who's the Premier League lad who was who did foot? Uh, Bramble, oh, yeah. yeah, Tom Bramble. So I, 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 I obsessed Tom on a FA Cup game. Southampton and Grimsby last year. Do you remember when Grimsby knocked them out? So Tom, Tom was yeah, doing yeah. that game, and I think he said okay. to me beforehand, he said. See, the last time I saw you, Rod, you said you were watching me on a futsal game. And I said, yeah, I think that's probably right. <laughs> and I, and I, said to, I said to him, you know, I said, I'll take my hat off to you. I must admit, at the time, he was doing well in his futsal. But obviously, the rest is history in terms of what he's achieved, level aside. And I, and I said, fair play to you. But, you know, you, you look at that and you look at, um, what's his name in Sheffield? Um, who's the, the guy, football league referee in Sheffield, who again did footstorm, I'm just trying to think of his name, has gone right out of my head. But, there's, but there are, there's some really good examples. And Mark himself, of course, was involved in 11 side. I think Mark was level four, I think he got to, might have been level three, before he decided to focus on footstorm. So I think there's definitely some real benefits from doing both, you know, uh, and when, when you decide to focus on one, the benefits of doing the other one are, are there for all to see. And Tom Brammer was a great example. A very good referee. I was a very impressed when I saw him last year. So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's it's great yeah. so, Roger, you've touched yeah, no. on it a, a few times. Your role as National Referee Manager at the FA. Um, and I think you're in charge of recruitment, retention and development. Is that I was, that right? yeah. That nice small area, Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah very small area. <laughs> and obviously that correlated with your a similar role that you took on at Gloucester a few yes. years later. yeah. Yeah. What's, um, is, is there many differences between the national agenda and the local agenda? What were the challenges? I think I think the I guess the difference is obviously the national agenda. You're you're looking to to support and mould what what the counties are are aspiring to achieve. Really, so I think um, what I'd like to think is both both areas now uh, are moving away from. Just the numbers game, if I can call it that. I think in in the past there was there was always a, a focus on getting as many referees recruited as possible. Um, and I think certainly what what we tried to work on when when I was involved nationally with it was actually to be a bit more scientific about the way we recruit to try and focus on the areas where where we needed to recruit. So there was a time, of course, where we were looking at coverage. Um, of, yeah. of of uh, games and using that measurement to influence where you were recruiting, focusing on the areas where you needed referees and so on and so forth. And whilst I know that they've, they've, we've gone away from that nationally now, I still think there is there is certainly some some sense in doing that. Um, the bottom line is, you know, it's very easy for counties to to deliver courses, you know, one a month. In a, in a certain venue or uh, and, and get everyone to come to you um, which which okay you, you'll always get the numbers um, you know if you speak to any RDO they'll tell you if, if you advertise a course you will be able to fill it with, with younger referees quite easily you know you're 14 15 16 year olds but actually we all know that um, the people we really want to get into refereeing are are the older um, people. Uh, male and female that that have got a bit of life experience mm. hopefully with some football experience and then can can bring that into their refereeing because experience tells us whether they're doing youth or adult football they are the ones that will will give it a bit of a go they are the ones that because they've got the life skills will will 
easily adapt to going into refereeing and be able to develop accordingly. Um, and they are the ones that further down the line in five years' time will probably still be with us if, if we look yeah. after them. Whereas the 14, 15, 16-year-olds, you're going to get some exceptions who, who will, will be there and, and you know they are there, definitely, and we have to look after them because they're like diamonds, the ones that are really good at a young age and want to stick at it. Unfortunately, though, a lot of the others, they're still playing the game and there is always that balance. There's also, of course, when when they uh, when they go to 16, then you have GCSEs, you have uh, higher further and higher education, you have employment, um, you, you're getting into relationships and all the yeah, other yeah. things that come along that that um, are going to make things um, challenging for them to stay within referee. And if you keep them at the end of all that, then they are right. going to stick with you, you know. So on that note, then how how yeah. do you get more? How do we recruit? How do we attract more adults into officiating? And I think that it will probably be the same across all sport. Yeah, I think um, you're right. I think you're right. I think I think the, the, it's it's that sixty four million dollar question, Ben. Really, it's, and it's it's to be honest with you, it was it was a, a challenge when I was at the FA. It's still a challenge. Here we are, sort of ten years later, really look, looking at it um, because. I think now the way football has developed, so particularly when you look at people who um, traditionally would have retired from playing the game, should we say, in their mid mid to late 30s now, of course now with the advent of, of vets football um, and now walking football, um, there are other other ways that they can continue their playing career a lot longer than they would have done, which, which again, unfortunately, is to to referees loss because some of those people would have drifted into refereeing. Um, I think you have to work with clubs and leagues. That clubs know their players, leagues know their clubs. Um, and I think you've got you've got to work really closely with them to find out where there is some interest. I think certainly there's been some success Many moons ago, um, I was involved in, in putting together some sort of club referee courses. I remember, you know, when I was um, involved in, in, in volunteering in Somerset, we had club referees courses for our local adult leagues there. And the idea was just give them a little bit of knowledge because more often than not, most teams were going to be without a referee, certainly reserve teams and third teams. Um, and so it's, have you got somebody in your club that can step in to do that? It's just giving them a little bit of knowledge to hopefully make their life easier when they have to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what you tend to find is off the back of them, they are the sort of guys that will gravitate in, into a full referees course. So you've already got a starting point there. It's also the guys that, that run the line, Ben. You, know, you, and, you and I know um, that the best club assistants, the ones that are really proud of the job they do week in week out for their clubs again tend to be the ones that we can gravitate into refereeing as well because they've already got that passion for doing yeah, that, that little, little bit of officiating love, yeah. uh, but we have to work hard with them because again there's there's not hundreds of them but you but again it's 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 that little bit of extra work in in targeting the right areas can help you i think without a shadow of a doubt the fa we obviously did um national programs to to try and uh, and address this and now We've we've got programs as well trying to to talk about um, referees from from minority uh, areas as well um, to, in, in getting involved in it. And we've got we I mean from a, a female point of view now, obviously with with the development of women's football and girls football as we touched on, I think now you're you're seeing 
a situation where you are getting players now coming towards the end of their playing careers, looking to move into referee. I mean, you, you look at Rebecca, um, you look at Stacey Pearson that have, that have played the game at a good level, gravitating into refereeing and and, and have, have moved into it really, really Absolutely well because so. they've got that knowledge of the game. They get they get what's going on, and I think that that really helps. I mean, if you look at, um, I think just, a, just one thought, yeah, Roger, if I yeah. may. Just to interject, just before we touch on the minority things, I think from my experience, the recruitment and the development opportunities that I think the FA deliver, both locally and nationally, I think is one of their strengths. Like they can recruit referees really well. And I think the development opportunities today to support referees is tremendous. I mean, like just comparing that back to when I was a referee, like it's incredible what you get to do. I think where it's potentially got room for for some growth is like the retention. Like, how do you keep that referee who's in for two years? How can you extend their life another twelve months? You know, and it's just trying to work out how how you do that and why. You know, and for some reason we know why, but you know what what can we do to to make Reten- it? Reten- yeah, ret- without a doubt, retention has always been been a challenge, and and. You know, with some of the uh, the, the, the poor behaviour that we've had since since the, the the COVID break, obviously, I think certainly since then the, the stats are there across the country to show that discipline's not been great for everybody. You know, nationally and at every county level, so that has has, has, has had challenges, and that's definitely made it harder to retain all of our referees. Some referees have have have, have left us off the back of of their experiences, and again, that's something. We need to, to to work on to to address that, and I think the FA are are obviously moving in that direction. You look at some of the punishments this year now, um, and and actually, you know, moving towards point deduction. I think that's you know, I've always maintained that um, punishments uh, from a discipline perspective within football, um, when they're financial, will always have a limited effect. So, um, ultimately um people will carry on paying you know it's it, it the, the 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 history is out there to show that that will happen but when you start hitting hitting teams and clubs and individuals in the area that affects them most i.e their ability to win things or actually to be able to stay at a certain level because they've suddenly lost points because of their poor discipline then that's a totally different kettle of fish and if you look at I mean, I know when Fraser Williamson came to to speak to us about it, um, he, he used the analogy of Derby and when Derby got relegated and the points deduction that had. And actually, if, if, if they hadn't had, had such a severe points deduction, they would have stayed in the championship, you know. And and so so the impact of that was massive and it just showed... And he, and he basically used that as, a, as an example of what can happen when... You get points deductions, so it's 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 an interesting one, and I think that's that one's going to develop further. But certainly, I think um, we have to look after our referees from a retention point of view. So that's one area. I think we've got to, um, you know, and one of the things I know the PGMO are trying to do and the FA are trying to do now is is make make refereeing, um, you know, human, if you like, um, and 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 try and get people to understand that referees are as passionate about football as anybody else in the game um, and they don't go out there to upset you on a day they might make a decision that you don't agree with but that's that's part and parcel of the game passion is what drives us all within football but you've got to control it and I think you know equally we have to look after 
our referees to keep them and develop them. Um, so, yeah, I think the, the, the focus on retention is, is really, really key, Ollie. And I think any initiative that, that we're able to develop to, to, to improve that has got to be the right one. Because it's, as, you, as you've already alluded to, we can recruit referees quite easily. Um, but to actually develop a referee who's been with us for five years is much, much harder. You know, you can't replace that experience. So once someone's gone, you've lost all that experience that they, they've developed within the game and the skills and the attributes that, that they've picked up along the way. And that's, and that's, that's irreplaceable, you know. Um, I loved your comment yeah. around uh, like the referees are so passionate about the game too. And I just wonder, in in sport in general, if players, spectators, coaches understand that enough that... Uh, we're not here just to be annoying, to be awkward, whatever. We're here because we absolutely love what we do and we love the sport that we're officiating. And I, I think um, a part of what sport needs to realise is is exactly what you've said, that the officials are just so passionate about the game and we, we're just passionate in a slightly different way. Like, I love football, but I'm a rubbish player. Like, I cannot kick it. I've got... I haven't even got two left feet. I'm that bad. <laughs> Apologies to people that are left-footed. You're probably the opposite to you guys. Um, but yeah, so passionate. We love what we do and that's why we train and that's why we go out and that's why we develop ourselves. But I, I'm not sure that understanding of we love the game too is, is shared across. No, you're right. And, and again, I, I know the FA are looking to to do some work around that. But it, but it, yeah, it has, it has to go out there. And, and you're right. I mean, you work across, you know, all, all other sports. But everyone's the same you know you talk you talk to any match official in any sport they're not involved to upset someone they're involved because they love that particular sport and they have a yeah. passion for that sport you know yeah. um, and that's it I mean I my, my you know whenever I deliver a course I always I talk to the level I got as a as a as a referee and as, a, as an assistant referee and, I, and as an observer now and I say I would never ever be anywhere near the professional game as a player or a coach. No. So I just, you know, when, you know, when the times I've gone out and run the line in some big crowds, you know, I mean, probably the biggest crowd of St. Mary's in a championship game, 32, 33,000 at St. Mary's and the hairs in the back of your neck are standing up. And, you know, you've been in some big games yourself. You have Ollie, where you go out and you think, this is what it's all about. This is why I do this, to yeah. be involved in games like this. And you're right. And, and, that, and that's it. So, um, it's, special moment yeah yeah it is it is you're right and it's and it's always great to remember that you know and, and I think that's the point I would always say to, to referees is think about that time where you, you've been involved in the biggest game you've been involved in and you walked out then how did you feel you know and, it, yeah. and even better if the game's gone swimmingly how you felt when you came off there you got majority of the players are shaking your hand and you think I've been part of that I've been part of that really nice game of football really good game of football whatever and I, and I think that's the sort of memories we want people to to keep because that yeah, will then drive them on the following week not to throw the kit bag at the cart and to and to, to share that with those new ones that are on the course yes. right so that you 100%. can have this experience yeah. too yeah 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 definitely definitely yeah just um going back briefly just because uh, we picked it up you've um you've spent some time as a diversity and inclusion manager we touched on minority groups like what's been like one of your highlights? Um, how did you get into it, and what do you think the importance is? I've thrown a couple at you. Yeah, sure. no, that's 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 fine. Ollie. I mean, again, that was a that was a role that when I was national manager at the FI, I led on on inclusion. So again, I'm, I'm I have to say I'm absolutely delighted now to see um, 
how that is, is, is developed within the FA. Now they have a national manager responsible for inclusion with Raj there, um, who again has started really well and, and, he, and, he, and he's sending all the right messages and, and highlighting the importance of it. The biggest importance for me, Ollie, is that we are, if we don't um, manage to, to get our message out to all the communities in, in the country, we are missing out on a massive of potential that's the biggest thing really um and like i say you know you you look at the number of players from 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 um from minority ethnic groups that are playing the game um the same opportunity should be there for for those people to put to officiate the game as well and that's the bottom line and unfortunately the, the the correlation between the numbers has not been has not been there in the past and again we are moving in that direction now um and there 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 are some some great opportunities for for officials moving moving in that direction. So, I, th- I think for me w- within Gloucestershire, um, one of one of my highlights when I was here was, and I, I know the guys have, have had a, an event this week, a first um, physical Black History Month event. But we we did a few online versions during lockdown, um, and they were really really successful. So so Sam Allison is a good friend of mine um, in Wiltshire. We got Sam involved and talked about his journey. In, in the game, um, we got some 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 key players from the FA involved as well. Steve Smithies, who's now the CEO in Ch- in Cheshire, bumped into Steve the other week. Again, he's a great advocate for for for, for the work in EDI, um, and and all different people across the board. Um, it, it, we we delivered an online event, and we were, we were sort of commended by the FA for doing something during lockdown that had a lot of interest. And because it was online, we were able to attract people from outside of the county to get involved in it. So that was really, really great. As I said, they've had a, a physical event here last week. We had the uh, the, the, the Black Awards evening here um, recently, which, again, I was involved in, in setting up before I moved to Dorset. And I know um, Matt Boucher did a, did a great job in, in leading on that. And that was something that was held at Ashton Gate. Um, Derek Scale, somebody I know very well, again a, a, a local coach involved in Bristol Central, was someone who was who received an award in the night. So again, those sort of things are are happening within the county. The, the inclusion advisory group that I set up here is 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 moving along well. I've got a similar group in in Dorset that's driving inclusion with, within Dorset. So you know, it, it, for me though, it, inclusion is just is is common business sense apart from everything else. In that we are now accessing and involving people in other communities that may not otherwise have seen a place for them to be involved in football which mm. of course is, they should have everyone should have that opportunity to be involved all we're trying to do is spread that message a bit a bit broader and make sure they get that chance um, as and when they want it we had a guest on talking about um, edi and one of the comparisons analogies given was like all of a sudden now today safeguarding is part of the conversation like in every conversation right and i think we are doing a lot to get edi part of the same conversation and just make it at the forefront of what we do and i think if we do that i think look at the success safeguarding has had i think you know edi can probably follow the same it's a, it's, a, it's a really good an, uh, analogy ollie i i agree with it 100% and if you if you speak to anybody at the fa and in county fa's now around safeguarding it runs through everything we do. And I, you're right. I mean, one of the things, you know, I, funny enough, when I, when I was at Gloucestershire we were, and I was leading on the inclusion group, we have um, a number of the directors in the county are now originally from the inclusion advisory group, which again is great that we've got people at that level who have a, 
and understanding and passion for inclusion that that are involved. Um, and that was that was the same the same point that was made. We need to have inclusion as part of everything we do, yeah. not as an add-on. It just runs through everything we do. And once you've got that, you know you're you're in, you're in the right place. To be fair, so yeah. Yeah, great. Uh, yeah, we, I think we totally agree with, with with all of it. So, which is great. Um, cool. So now you uh, you've moved on from your Gloucester role uh, and you took up the CEO of Dorset County FA, who are very very lucky to have you. Um, if you can, what's like breakdown? What's the role entail? You said you've you've learned more about outside of kind of the refereeing structure. What what did your day to day look like? Yeah, I, I, so so my day to day. I mean, at the moment, I'm still uh, living in in North Somerset, so the family are there. Uh, well, whilst our children sort themselves out, so the younger, uh, my two boys are still sorting out uh, college placements. Uh, so so one of them's just started at college. One of them's just started a bit of work whilst he saves up to to go travelling before he decides what he's going to do next. So whilst they're sorting themselves out, I'm doing a, a, a sort of commute on a so I work from home on a Monday and a Friday and then I'm traveling down to Dorset on a Tuesday morning and staying over Tuesday night and Wednesday night so as I have three days in the office which which cuts across everyone who's in the office we've got uh, two two groups of staff so a Monday to Wednesday group and a Wednesday to Friday group that, that, that are in the office so again we are still working in that hybrid set up as most nice. counties are at the moment and that's working well um the difference is i guess it's 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 sort of realizing that the buck stops are you ben so whereas before i said oh yeah i'll just pass that on and someone else <laughs> that's not possible anymore I've got, fantastic... it <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a fantastic chairman who's been really supportive in the in the three months i've been there and helping me um get get my feet under the table um Big big actor follows Sue Hoff, who is still chair of the National Game Board and chair um, of the of the women's board at the FA and on the main FA board is still involved at that level. Sue retired, so I took over for from her, and again, it's you know big, big act to follow really. So it, it's but it, but I have to say it's it's uh, I've had the opportunity to 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 do my own thing and to and to put my own mark on it, and hopefully that's what we're going. So we we are in the the process of recruiting some new um, directors for for our board, um, and we we are a smaller team than than obviously I worked with in Gloucestershire, but it's just having a knowledge of everything that goes on. So Dorset is a smaller county; um, it's it's a county that's that's got some some similarities with Gloucestershire. A lot of rural areas in the county, um, and again again some some bigger sort of conurbations around the sort of pool um sort of bournemouth border area and then obviously weymouth and, and dorchester bigger towns but close to the beach then right say again sorry close to the beach absolutely there, there are some, some nice beaches Ollie. i'm not gonna lie about that i haven't seen any of them yet but um yeah, yeah but, right yeah but yeah it's it's you know ultimately um it's still doing the same things really um as i say that the, the team are, uh, are great in what they are able to do so again i've already touched about alex and, and kevin so having a more hands-on role with with safeguarding as, as the safeguarding lead for the county and we talked about that a little while ago so needing to be on the on the ball with stuff that goes on there 
likewise on discipline as well, having having some involvement in that. Um, but from a football development point of view, we've had some challenges around facilities. We've, we're, we're in the process of sorting out a new stand at the county ground and trying to work with our um, uh, Hamworth United, who are our tenants. And, and, and there's been a, a few challenges around that. But, you know, again, it's all it's all learning. As I say, I've learned a lot, a lot about facilities and the process of planning and all the different challenges that come along the way. It's been uh, quite a steep learning curve from that respect, but very, very enjoyable. I'm, I'm really enjoying it, and I can't believe I've been there three months, to be honest that's, with you. That's the main thing, enjoying <laughs> it, right? And thank you for taking the time out of your, your busy schedule to, to jump Pleasure. on with us. What would, you, um, what would you say is your biggest challenge, like your biggest short-term challenge? What is that? Uh, big, biggest short-term challenge, I guess, is is making sure that we, we as a... As a, as a county FA are able to deliver against our ever-stretching FA targets um, and also that the, 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 the biggest piece of work the FA have at the moment is this compliance with the Code of Governance. So this is a piece of work that's cutting across all aspects of, um, of uh, county FAs and, and the FA. And it's, it's been able to do that with at the same time and balancing the finances because as ever the, the FA are very supportive to, to counties with finances but equally um, it, you know the, the, the challenges to, to to be compliant around that become ever hard so it's 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 balancing the books I guess Ben is probably my biggest challenge and from a financial point of view and looking at other income streams to make sure we're able to to deliver what we need to as a county so yeah that's that is an ongoing challenge and um one that probably a never-ending challenge as well right well it won't, no and you're right it won't i mean every county's in the same boat we, you know we're, ones we're fortunate to have a facility there uh, a 3g pitch that was relayed in the summer and that is a fantastic additional income stream but again it's it's really really important that we have that to be able to to do the things we need to do and yeah. a lot of counties in the same boat some aren't so fortunate with those extra income streams and have to work a little bit harder in different areas to make sure everything is is done as it needs to be but uh we're, you know, at the end of the day, we're we're all involved in in football, and I'm always grateful for for the opportunities I've had within the game, and uh, always still the, the the same case going forward in my new role, definitely. Thank you, Roger. It is really insightful to understand what um what the outlook looks from a um from a CEO's perspective. It's always, it's always interesting, you know, because um, like, they are so very different. You know, I think Ben and I have written that over the last. Um, three or four years in um, what we've done with Yeshnik in some respects, you know, just how different one county is from from the next, even though they could be neighbouring. Yes, you know, so. no, you're right, you're right, and 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 I think that's that's the challenge, Ollie. You know, um, every county is different. We're, we're all individual businesses in our own right. Um, we've got general similarities in terms of what the FA expects us to do, but we're all we're all unique, you know, um, and we all we all have to adapt accordingly. And I think. It's the, the key thing really is just making people understand that we're here to to develop and support football. And whilst part of our role will always be to manage the discipline and safeguarding elements that aren't always as pleasant, but they are really key parts of what we do as well. So it's, it's understanding that as a business, we cover all sorts of avenues. Some they like to talk about, some they don't like to talk about, but we're, we're there for all. So that's the key thing. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. Um, that's tremendous. And I think that's a really strong message that, you know, we should communicate to everyone. Now, I'm 
I would probably be able to talk to you and Ben would um, all afternoon. We could talk about football uh, in the different roles. Uh, but in an attempt to try and wrap this up, we, we do save one question to the end to ask our guests. And that is, if we were to give you a magic wand, what's the one thing about sports officiating that you would like to see change? Yeah, and do, do you know what? I'm going I'm to harbour back to what we we spoke about earlier, Ollie, actually. Um, and that is really just for everybody involved in sport to understand that the officials are just as passionate, sometimes more passionate than they are yeah. about the sport they're involved in. And just to give them that slack and respect to understand that they're not always going to be right. They're not always going to be perfect. But so our coaches and players are never always perfect, as we know. So it's just having that bit of empathy for what we're doing and hopefully bring us closer together. Because the, the bit that still frustrates me is sometimes that them and us that I see yeah. in officiating that shouldn't mm -hmm. be there. We all we all got the same aims to to enjoy the, the sport we're involved in. And, and, and actually, if you come back to that, you're not going to go too far wrong.